stiff arms of crap. <laughs> Draco Patrick right there. Fighting through contact, fighting through offensive of line, being a double team, multiple moves stacked into one, just a play of pure domination. This is actual film, this is actual football talk. It's a football show, we're supposed to football, not storylines. And you are listening to another edition, the 60th edition of TOJ Film Room, a very special edition uh, because we are getting the man, as you can see right here, Marcus Coleman, back on the show for the, uh, for the regular season to break down all these games. Uh, Marcus, man, what's up? It's been a while. I know, man. It's been a while. Shoot, just uh, coaching, trying to stay up to date with everything. Other than that, everything's good, though. Yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's coaching at, was it a high school or a college, the defensive backs? Oh, uh, Trinity University. So, yeah, college. Okay, so a col- he's coaching college. He's coaching freaking arena league teams. He's a <laughs> GM, head coach on arena league teams. So we're lucky that we're going to get him for, you know, hopefully all uh, 17 weeks or so of the season. So uh, we're going to get right into it. And you actually, he actually had a really good season with the arena league team. I, I kept up with them um, for the most part. In the last couple of games, I got some BS penalties that I saw. I was texting Marcus about, but hey, we're not going to we're not going to address that. So right, <laughs> uh, still still a good season though. You near near the postseason. Um, and all that stuff. So hopefully uh, you continue the success with your team because it was definitely fun to, to see you uh, coaching those guys, even though I don't really get the rules as much. But, hey, I'm not going to – you know, it is what it is. Uh, uh, yeah, no, it's different. No, I appreciate it, though. Yeah, it's, it's a little different than outdoors, but it's still fun, though. Yeah, so um, as the t- you know typical uh, house cleaning, uh, house cleaning type deal, uh, JoeRB31 on Twitter. Uh, Marcus is at PatchMC42 on Twitter. Uh, TOJ Film Room on iTunes. Uh, YouTube is just you just type and turn on the Jets. You'll find us there. Patreon, uh, like I said, uh, it costs hundreds of dollars just to run the show with the with the uh, software and all that stuff. The mics, uh, we will be sending Marcus a mic as well. Um, I'm going to upgrade mine um, in the future as well. We're going to get Marcus the really good one. Then we're going to get me the good one. So uh, you guys, you know, sending this stuff with the Patreon definitely helps with that. So we appreciate all the Patreons that we um, do get. So like I said, thank you again. Uh, this, for this show, we're going to do a quick kind of like lightning round um off-season roundup uh, with Marcus's thoughts because obviously Marcus is going to be on the show uh, for the regular season. So we want to get his thoughts on these players before they actually play, you know, in the games that counts. We're going to do that. We're going to do some pick-ems. We're going to preview the Jets and Bills game a little bit. Um, so Marcus, we're going to start off with, uh, like I said, just general th- uh, thoughts. If you want to go deeper in anything? I know obviously you're busy as hell. I don't know how you're even doing the show, but we definitely <laughs> appreciate it. So uh, whatever thoughts you have on this, um, spill them out. Uh, so first to start off the offseason, uh, firing Bulls. Um, I know you liked Bulls a little bit more than some other people did, but what are your thoughts on the uh, the firing of him? Uh, I mean, just because I don't like it doesn't mean I don't understand it. Uh, and I think the more you get into the coaching business, you start to, you know, see things from a, you know, kind of from a different lens. Uh, you know, it's more than just losing. You know, it's more about – it's more just than win, winning or losing games. You know, it's a little bit more that goes into that and, considering that he's been around, um, you know, for the length of time that he was, and then you've got, you know, you know, I guess rumors, if you want to call it, of, you know, potential mutinies within the locker room, you know, the last few years. Um, some games they showed up, some games they didn't. Um, and that's why I w- it would be, you know, really confusing to me because that's not the top balls I know. You know, usually, you know, guys come out and play hard for him. Uh, he usually has everybody on the same page, and you just didn't see that, you know, throughout, you know, consistently throughout his tenure. So, um, you know, then you pull up Gase, uh, still, I guess you can call it, um, 
not really confused, but you know, I'm just still kind of on the fence about you know about that that hiring, uh, considering what he did in Miami. It's not like he you know was somewhere else, and you know he's you know been very productive. So you know that hiring you know is definitely a question. But I understand, obviously, this is a quarterback driven league. Sam Darnold, you know, Sam Darnold is the future of the you know of this of this franchise. And and Gates, I mean, as much flack as he takes, you know, he's actually you know not bad offensively in regards to like grooming quarterbacks. You know, just from a concept standpoint, with some of the things that he runs, and I think Sam will thrive in. So, I'm just looking to see how it comes together in a live game. You know, where uh, you know limit, you know, minutes aren't limited, plays aren't limited, uh, players aren't limited. So, I'm, I'm just really interested in seeing how everything comes together. You know, offensively, offensively with him, and then with Gray Williams. Let's see. You know, he's going to do his thing. You know, he he's going to you know be aggressive and, and attack. You know, that's just what he does. And, you know, you got some new toys to play with. Uh, you still got Leonard there. You add Quentin Williams. Uh, you add Mosley. You know, so he's got, you know, he's got some new toys to play with. So we'll see how well they gel and, and if everybody can get on the same page. Yeah, the Gase hire was like, it was like a lot of people's fourth or fifth uh, options going into the coaching hire. But, uh, and there was a lot of it was because of the off the field stuff. If you look at the Miami Dolphins rosters, and this is why I bet, you know, one of my guys at work $500 that the Jets win seven more games. You look at the Dolphins rosters and, how they've been able to win with really lack of talent at many positions, including quarterback. Um, I think he's been a good offensive mind, but some of the front office things that were big questions for him. So you're hoping that with his his friend, you know, Joe Douglas, that he's not going to be an issue in the locker room and things like that. Because I remember, you know, you did that show with me, Marcus, um, in the offseason, watching uh, some of Gase's offensive tendencies and things like that. And there were some plays where you said it and, you know, you know, 10 times, you know, 10 million more times than I do. And you're watching a play. I remember you saying, you know, and it's and it really stood out to me that, um, even if you knew what the call was pre-snap, you don't even know how you defend it because of how complex the off- offensive right. system was. So um, he definitely has some uh, more to work with, it, both with Sam Darnold, with him, you know, versus uh, Bates last year, and then with with uh, Gase having guys like Bell and uh, Crowder and some guys we'll talk about in a little bit. So it's going to be interesting to watch. Um, anything you've heard, on, you know, around the league or for any friends or anything like that with uh, with Joe Douglas? Um, he's obviously he was viewed as a very uh, good signing for the for the Jets. He was, uh, you know, involved in a lot of winning, um, you know, kind of organizations with the Ravens in the early 2000s and the Eagles recently with the Bears. So have you heard anything about Joe Douglas and what's what are your thoughts on that hiring? If you if you like I said, have heard anything, uh, I haven't necessarily heard anything. But when when you bring in a guy like that that's been in you know, been on, you know, been a part of teams, you know, like the Eagles or, or like the Ravens that have a, you know, history of winning, history of doing things the correct way, you know, making sure that everything, you know, you know, in regards to what their duties are, you know, their responsibilities are handled and really, you know, has kind of not necessarily their thumb on everything, but, you know, has a sense of everything that's going on. You can bring, you know, a lot of that experience to another, you know, to another team. So I think, uh, you know, being able to see how, whether it be the Ravens teams or the Eagles teams, you know, how those, how those teams get built and, and the process that goes into it, you know, I think it's going to be, you know, really good, you know, and I think he can bring, you know, a lot of not just, you know, his experience, you know, as well, but some experiences from some of the other executives that he's worked with, you know, and, you know, kind of implement and, and put his stamp on the organization himself. So I actually like the hire, to tell you the truth, you know, you know, we're talking about, you know, a couple of places, you know, just the two places that I named that he's been um, where success has been, you know, going on for a long time. Uh, and, you know, there's been some really good players on both of those teams, but they, 
you know, been building them the right, you know, building those teams the right way, putting the pieces in place. And, you know, ultimately they've won Super Bowls, you know, with those teams. And, you know, hopefully he can bring that to New York. Yeah, definitely. And, and one of the big things for me with that hire was um, the fact of this track record. You've seen that he's been a guy who's really paid attention to the offensive lines and the defensive lines. Obviously, the Jets are front, are strong with their front seven. But um, in terms of the offensive line, that's somewhere the Jets need to continue to build um, throughout the next couple of years. So that's definitely a positive sign. Now, getting into some of the players um, who they've signed, re-signed, who I know you obviously watched a lot of Jets games with me last year. Uh, you also watched, you know, you're a big football fan, so I'm sure you've watched plenty of games around the league. Uh, one of the signings you mentioned already, what do you think about the Mosley contract? Um, it was – and I know you don't know – I don't know if you know the specifics. It was a huge contract. It was like $17 million yeah. a year. They reset the market for middle linebackers. I personally argued that I'd rather have a, a superstar player um, at a, you know, air quotes less important position, which I think all positions in football are pretty damn important, to be completely honest. Um, some, you know, like corners might be more important than linebacker, but – uh, people were arguing that they, you know, would have rather signed uh, Zadarius or Preston Smith, who at this point in their careers have been, you know, decent to solid outside linebackers uh, versus Mosley, who has been, you know, superstar inside linebacker. So they might have overpaid a little bit, but in my personal opinion, I'd rather have the superstar at any position than just a decent guy at another position. You know, when you just look at it simply like that. And at the same time, you know, in terms of overpaying, the Jets were in a situation last offseason in recent years that they were, you know, one of those teams who were used as the kind of the, the team to get other teams to negotiate higher and, and get bigger contracts because, oh, well, the Jets are going to pay me $15 million. You should pay me 15 or 16, you know, trying to get the other teams up there. But so I think they had to kind of go over a little bit what they should have, but I, I still like the signing. So I, I'm curious about what you think about the player and what you think about the signing of Mosley. Uh, I mean, I love the player, to tell you the truth. Um, love the signing as well. <clears throat> and again, you're talking about a guy that, Come from an organization, you know, he's been coached up and, and trained the correct way. Um, so, you know, and there's honestly, well, I understand, you know, the, the, I guess the cap implications of it and, and you know, the money, the amount of money that he receives, just the experience that he has, you know, and, and the level of play that he's had, you know, for, you know, for such a, you know, consistent time since he's been in the league, it's really hard to put a price on, to tell you the truth. And quite honestly, this Jets team hasn't had a middle linebacker or per se the quarterback of the defense, uh, you know, anchoring it, you know, for a long time. So, you know, when he there was an opportunity to sign him, and, and you know, it came across the you know across the transaction list, you know, I, you know, I was actually happy about it because you get a productive player, you get a smart player, you get you get a player that you know can lead you know the rest of the defense and and lead you know the rest of his teammates and and. and and hold everybody accountable, and he's going to make plays at the same time while doing it. And uh, depending on what the situation is in the game, he can lean on some of the experiences that he are, that he's already had and, and that he's already been through. So, I, you know, I think it's a really good signing, to be true. So now that's mm -hmm. one extra guy besides Leonard, uh, Quint Williams, you know, that you have to account for. And, and, you know, like I said, some of the intangible things, you really just can't put a price on. You know, that sometimes uh, – you're going to have to overpay, you know, a player like that in order, you know, in order to get him. And yes, the Jets have been used, you know, as kind of, uh, I guess the team that, you know, they're, they're used, you know, to get higher, you know, higher salaries elsewhere. Uh, but, you know, once, you know, you know, once I think the success starts to come in and, and people want to come there, then you'll see that go down. Usually that evens out, you know, once, you know, the more success you have, the more people you want to, have come to, you know, that the more people, excuse me, want to go to that team. 
So it, it at the end, it becomes a wash, to tell you the truth, you know, with the overpaying and everything like that. Yeah, what are your quick thoughts on that whole positional value thing that people would rather have an average player at a more, you know, important position versus superstar player? Um, at a middle linebacker, which is for some reason it's viewed as a replaceable position, which you know, which like you said, it's it's a very important position. I don't think people realize when you're the brain of the defense. Right. I don't know. That's that's tricky because it, depending on what you're doing, you know, and this is on offense or defense, you can probably get away with having an average player, you know, at certain spots, you know. But if you know, if for example, like in in this defense, this is an attacking defense, you know. Corners and, and linebackers are like a huge part of this defense, you know, and safety. You know, when if you look at the history of Greg Williams, uh, you know, even, you know, when he was in, I want to say New Orleans or St. Louis, you know, they're a huge part of, of what he does. So you've got to have, you know, one of the guys that are above average guys, uh, you know, at those positions so he can so he can do what he can do. Mm-hmm. The truth. I mean, he can make it work, and, he, and he's shown that he has with, with lesser talent, you know, before in the past. But – why not have a superstar guy, you know, at, at the, you know, one of the main positions uh, as opposed to just having an average guy and then you get an average play. And so it's, you know, it's one of those things where I, it doesn't really make sense to me if you have an opportunity to sign a superstar and sign somebody that can come in and, and still productive and still play, but you'd rather take an average guy just because you can save a little bit more money uh, and you get less production on the field it doesn't really make a lot of sense. Yeah, and then to wrap up the the inside linebacker position, uh, they lost Avery Williamson for the year. Uh, he was playing late into the uh, second preseason game, and he basically so – a guy just caught him uh, diving for a ball, caught him right above the knee, and his, and his leg buckled, in, and it tore his ACL. And they also traded uh, you know, Darren Lee away, who people were furious about the, the Lee trade, but we didn't see much on film from him, to be completely honest, last year. So they, hit, they took a, a hit with Williamson, but I still think it's an upgraded position because of Mosley. Um, right. Any any quick thoughts on any of those uh, transactions? No, I mean the thing with 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 Lee, I can see how that trade you know came across just because I mean he and it's not that he's a bad player. I don't think he's aggressive enough to play in this kind of game. You know, to be quite honest with you, so I think that's why you know they just went ahead and cut the loss bill, man. And, and when you're talking about you know, the knee injury in preseason. I mean, that could happen at any time. So mm-hmm. that's, you know, and, and obviously this is going to start the, which it already did, I'm sure, the, 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 whether it be the rumors or the players coming out saying you need less preseason games, blah, 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 blah. But if you had two preseason games and you had an extra game, you know, full regular season game, this could still happen week one of regular season. You know what I'm saying? So it's, you can't really gauge, you, you know, there's no gauge of when somebody's going to get hurt. Free, you know, free things like that happen all the time you know, in the game of football. That's just kind of what it is. You have to live yeah. with it or not with it, you know, so that's just kind of what it is. So, you know, it's unfortunate. Hopefully, you know, he comes back strong and he's able to recover, you know, recover. But that's just, you know, unfortunately, that's just kind of, you know, par for the course, you know, to be honest with you. Yeah, and then looking at the the corners, uh, they didn't sign Claiborne. Uh, that was one guy I remember I was kind of – I was wanting them to resign in the, in the offseason – uh, just because of what the Jets have right now with a guy in in Arthur Mollette, who I'm sure I'm I'm sure a lot of people have never even heard of. Uh, and I remember either on Twitter or I got a text from me like, dude, why do you want this guy back? Because it's the guy we hammered the most in the offseason. So he's not right. back. He's with the Chiefs. 
Uh, they brought in Brian Poole from the uh, from the Falcons, who is a decent slot corner guy. You don't want to ask to think a lot. You want him to attack, which kind of fits Greg Williams' defense, especially blitzing uh, corners, cap blitzes, all those type of things. So he's a he's a big piece there. Uh, they got Nate Harrison from the Colts, um, and they're only keeping five corners. So any any thoughts on the corners position because it's it's the viewed as the biggest weakness for the Jets um, right now. And then overall, with only keeping five, you think it's a little bit risky in such a passing league right now. Yeah, that's tough. I mean, you're only keeping five. Uh, you know, that's actually, you know, that puts them in, you know, in a difficult spot, in it, or it could possibly down the road, to tell you the truth. You know, you, you want to, you know, usually corners are, you know, whether it be, or defensive backs, I would say in general, you know, a lot of those guys, if not all of them play special teams, you know, they give you, they, they do much, you know, so many more things than just play safety or just play corners. So uh, usually, you know, that number, the number of that group is, is usually a lot larger than what it is. Uh, and because of the way that the game has changed and evolved, you know, there's a lot more passing. You, you've got to have defensive backs in this league. That's just what it is. So, uh, But we'll see how, how this group fares out. Um, you know, like you said, bringing in pool, didn't have to think a lot. Um, you know, my lightning still, is still there, which, you know, you and I actually both kind of like, to tell you the truth. Um, I was actually happy to, that they didn't re-sign Claiborne. <laughs> I know you were. Just because he just like to me, he just gives you nothing. I mean, tell you the truth, you know he, you know, and I, and I don't like saying that about another player, but I mean, even going all the way back to Dallas, you know, when you know he was first round draft pick, you know, then coming out of LSU, and I wasn't impressed then when he came out. So I, I just haven't, you know, really been you know a huge fan of his since he got to you know into the league. So I mean, but but the I mean the quarterback group is different. You've only got five, like you said, but. You know, it's it's a decent group um, as of right now. We have to see how they gel together, and and you know, having a front, you know, front four, front five, or whatever it is you want to call it, uh, would definitely help them out a lot. Tell you the truth, so they're not covering as long. So, uh, you know, if they can take advantage of, of their pressure that they'll be getting up front, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's only going to make them look better. Yeah, and they signed. Um, he's a he's a backup from the uh, the, the Colts. Um. And uh, Mateus Farley, I just did a little bit of a film breakdown on him the other day. I think he's a safety who had some versatility. So I think you're going to see the the Jets go with a lot of like big nickel, big dime type looks, bringing three safeties instead of those some of those corners. So I think that's where they're going to get their versatility with some of those guys. Um, he's a he's a younger player as well. And then Nate Harrison from the Colts as well is another developmental guy. Uh, he just transitioned into the cornerback position from wide receiver. I showed some of him as well. So it's a it's a young group. Um, I think it's going to be a big emphasis in the next offseason. They got some strong corners coming out, and I think the Jets are, to be completely honest, a corner or two away and a good rusher from being a, a you know a top ten type defense. Especially when you look at the front seven. Um, and then you look at the their, their draft in terms of defense. If you can't get the trend right now, we're going to defense then offense. Um, overall, um, on the draft, Quentin Williams, what are your thoughts on him? Ja'Kai Polite, that whole situation where obviously you heard third-round draft pick drop because of everything that happened in the offseason, came in out of shape, and, and basically kind of, he just looked pudgy, to be completely honest. Blake Cashman, bless Austin. Um, and then just overall thoughts on, on, on the on the defense and um, things like that. So let's just, actually, let's just do the draft now. What do you think about Quentin Williams, Ja'Kai Polite? Uh, actually, like both, to tell you the truth, definitely yeah. love Quinn Williams. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, I mean, he, he's easy to love. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, uh, you know, obviously he comes from a good program. Uh, you know, but technically, uh, to be quite honest with you, you know, he's ahead of, you know, a lot of guys that, that come out, you know, for his age. So, you know, he he's ready to go right now, you know, quite honest with you. So, I, I'm looking forward to see, 
you know, to see what he and Leonard do up front together because they're they're going to be a force, you know, be a force together. They, you know, they can both play double teams. They can both, you know, play one gap, you know, with just playing three or or whatever it is. You know, they can do a little bit of both. You know, to tell you the truth, they have the the you know the power to do it. Uh, you know, I think they have the speed to be able to get penetration. Uh, you know, when allowed to, you know, on pass rushes. So, you know, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be something to see. You know, they're, you know, offensive lines are going to, they're going to have the hands full, you know, trying to try to block those two guys. Yeah, this, this Quentin Williams is an absolute, he's, he's a monster, man. Uh, yeah, so quickly on that, what, how do you, is that like a coach's dream to be able to have both these Williams guys in the middle and, and Henry Anderson, to be completely honest, in that defensive line with Steve McClendon? Because um, we know that Craig Williams is an attacking-type defense, um, a lot of stunts, a lot, a lot of gap exchange, a lot of guys playing different positions, uh, executing different roles throughout the defense. So um, is this like a coach's dream with the trenches, these type of trench players that the Jets have right now? Well, yeah, because you can do so much with it. Because, and now, and not just up front, because now you're talking about running different games up front, you know, whether it be twists or stunts or things like that. You can do a lot, you know, with, with guys up front. Uh, or if you just want to, you know, just play play it safe and just stay in your base, you know, stay in your base defense, you know, you can just, you know, put those two dudes in four eyes and they can just take on double teams and everybody else can run. So, and then from, you know, from a coverage standpoint, you don't have to, you know, with the linebackers and the safeties, now you don't have to add that extra guy in the box. You know, if you're having, you know, if you're playing a team that's, you know, that's pretty good at running. You know, you've got, yeah. you know, four or five guys up front that can take care of that for you, and you can dedicate that extra guy to coverage. So there's – it really does make a, de- you know, you know, defense coordinator's, you know, life that much easier being able to have, you know, have a, you know, defense alignment that can do all of these things, still create pressure, whether you're, you're sending the pressure or whether you're just running your base, you know, your base calls. It helps, you know, it helps with both the front end and the back end for me. What are your thoughts on the Ja'Kai Polite uh, won the pick and then they, they cut him recently. Um, apparently he racked up in over $100,000 in fines um, as, a, as a rookie coming in, apparently tardy to meetings, missing practice, things like that. So obviously Joe Douglas didn't draft him as Mike McCagden. Um, right. There were some questions with Greg Williams how he was using him in the preseason because, you know, you think a, a rookie who's a speed rusher, just let him speed rush off the edge and then figure out the coverage stuff, um, you know, later on. But Greg Williams says he wants guys who can do multiple type of different things. And uh, clearly there was a division between the, the coaching staff and the front office about who they wanted. So what are your thoughts about dropping him? And to be completely honest, listen, he didn't go to the third round. Uh, he wasn't even picked up by another team. He's claimed by, by Seattle's uh, – you know, practice squads. So we don't even want on our active roster. So uh, there's kind of a, a really big bust of a third round pick for the Jets. Yeah, no, it is. I mean, I mean, because not just, you know, first rounders and second rounders, you know, third rounders are important as well. You know, I mean, honestly, they're probably considered, you know, in that, you know, because they're that top, you know, three groups, you know, they're, they're considered, you know, top tier players. So to have a guy that, and, and I can't really fault the Jets for this because he's the one showing up late for meetings showing up overweight, using one party in, that's, you know, that's all on him. You know, they, you know, now if there's been a history of this when, you know, before they drafted him, then that, that is kind of on New York. And obviously they're not going to spend too much time talking about that because no organization really puts that much information, you know, about a player out, but yeah, but that's really on the player. So, you know, and this is, look, this is a production-based business. If you don't produce, whether you're a rookie or whether you're a ninth-year guy or whatever it is, you're not going to be there. And, yeah particularly when you have a coach like a Gray Williams that, hey, like, okay, it's great that you can pass rush, but uh, I may need you to drop out in the flat a little bit. You may need to drop in the curl, you know, in the hook curl zone a little bit. 
Like I'm, you know, because this is just how I run my, my defense and, you know, you have to be able to do multiple things. And, and really I, I respect that because my, my thing has always been, you know, the more you can do, the more valuable you are. So now if you can do all of those things that he's asking you to do, he can trust you to do them, you know, he's going to play. And that only helps you, you know, it not only helps the team, but it helps you personally in your career. So now you're talking about, you know, when your contract's up, you know, things like that, you get paid for what you can actually do, which is, you know, multiple things. So, you know, I think for him, it was a missed opportunity, but, you know, going to a place like Seattle where, uh, you know, Pete Carroll's done a good job of, you know, I don't want to necessarily say taking rejects, but, you know, taking projects mm-hmm. um, and getting them back on the right track. So whatever he's doing over there, you know, he's doing a good job of doing it. Um, he just has a different style than most people. And, you know, he's a little bit more laid back. So maybe, you know, being out in Seattle, you know, would help him out. And, and the thing is, uh, especially, you know, talking about that, the group of guys that they have in Seattle, they have guys that are true leaders and they, they, it's, it's truly a player driven team. Like they take care of everything, you know, the coaches that, yes, they run the practices and get everything going, whatever, but that's a, a player driven thing. So, you know, if there's any issues, you know, usually they take care of it on their own. So, uh, and, you know, Coach Carroll, you know, he's always been like that. So, We'll see what happens with him, you know, being on the practice squad and see if he can develop. Yeah, it's uh, it'd be kind of an odd situation for the Jets to cut him and then bring him back into the practice squad as well as a third round pick. And listen, if Greg Williams and how aggressive he is and how much he how much of like he likes the effort from players, you're not showing up to meetings and things like that, and you're not showing effort. Um, right. It's obviously not a good uh, good thing for you to be on the roster. Uh, going into the offense, um, start with the biggest signing for the offense, Le'Veon Bell. Um, obviously signed for about $11, $12 million a year. I don't think he was as much of a locker room problem as people said in, in Pittsburgh. He just didn't want to be running to the ground and then thrown off you know, into free agency with, with another 300, 400 touches on his body. So he decided to sit out and get, get more guaranteed money um, for the Jets next year, get a, get a year of uh, fresh legs. So what are your thoughts overall on the signing? How, much, how rusty do you think he's going to be in, in week one? Do you think he's going to be the same type of running back? No, I – I think he's the same type of runner. My, I guess my question or the thing that I'd be interested to see is because it took Pittsburgh, you know, a few years to kind of get used to his style, uh, you know, with the, the stopping and starting at the line of scrimmage, you know, things like that. So we'll have to see, you know, how the Jets offensive line, how they're able to gel with him, you know, once, you know, live action comes to play when, when defenses aren't just running vanilla schemes you know, anymore, where they're running twists and they're sitting running stunts and sitting backers, sitting DBs, uh, you know, you know, send, you know, calling run blitzes, things like that. Uh, you have to see how they're going to hold up and how they're going to adjust to, you know, to Le'Veon Bell himself. So, but I mean, I think he's the same runner. And I mean, listen, people, there's this misnomer about, okay, if you sit out a year, then uh, you can't come back out and play football. Well, that's a lie. I mean, if you've been out like several years, I can, I can understand it. But, you know, the guy missed a year, you know, from everything that I've seen, you know, video-wise or when I've seen, you know, practice film or, or anything like that, he looks like he's still in good shape. You know, he still has, you know, all, all his, you know, lateral quickness, you know, things like that. So, I'm, you know, I'm anxious, you know, and excited to see what he's going to do. But like I said, my thing is it's going to be can the offensive line adjust to his style of running, you know, in order for them to be successful. Yeah, so the the worry is him gelling with the offensive line, not having as good of an offensive line with with the Jets. But he he looks to be the same player. And it's not like listen, he's not taking a, a year off at thirty three years old. You know, he's taking a year off at at twenty six, twenty seven years old. He's still exactly. in his prime. You know, so um, how just quickly how 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 big do you think that's going to be for Sam Darnold to one 
he was the in terms of throwing third and ten, fourth and ten. He he threw most of those in those situations more than any other quarterback in the league. So how much is going to be different from him being in you know second and tens to second and seven, second and six, just by Le'Veon Bell getting some extra yards and also being able to listen. Don't you know, Sam Darnold's one of his biggest problems in his first you know, you know ten or so games was he was trying to take too much. Where with this offense with Le'Veon Bell, you should have some confidence that you could dump it off underneath your checkdown. He's going to get right. you you know five to ten yards consistently. So how big do you think that is for a second year quarterback? Yeah, no, it's huge because and for the exact reason that you just said. So now the loads really. I mean, Sam still has to do his part, but now you've got a guy like Le'Veon Bell behind you. Makes you know a lot of that pressure is taken off of you. So now they can't just focus on Sam Darnold. So now you have to focus on Le'Veon Bell, both as a runner and as a receiver. And you know, and, and just like you just alluded to now, you know, if nobody's open downfield, you know, you can just take it out of Le'Veon Bell. It's still pick a positive yard. So uh, even with you know just the runs, uh, you know, on first down, you know, if you get in three or four yards, you know, you know, five yards on first down. Now Adam Gates can open up his playbook. You can do a lot of more different things, uh, play action passes, things like mm-hmm. that. So it, it really, you know, it helps everybody as a whole. And, and again, it helps, you know, the play caller, you know, himself, you know, it's himself. So because it allows him to be free with his play calling and not have to call plays that protect guys or, or you know, call plays that, you know, that, you know, normally wouldn't do or, or make, you know, or make drastic decisions. Now mm-hmm. he can just run his offense you know, get the ball in the hands of his playmakers and, and, you know, just kind of keep rolling with it. Yeah, and uh, here we see some uh, some some jet on jet crime. One, he's throwing Michael Pierce off him, who's like 350 pounds, and then stiff arms the shit out of, out of CJ Mosley right there. So uh, it's just you know it is what it is. But uh, yeah, it's 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 huge for Donald. It also you know pass blocking. He's obviously one of the better running backs in terms of running routes as well. So it's going to help Sam ID coverages. And listen, if a linebacker is split out on him, uh, good luck to that linebacker you know covering him. Uh, right. Now with the rest of the backfield. Uh, bringing Powell uh, back and then bringing Ty Montgomery into the backfield. What do you think about those guys? I, I mean, I think they're good subs. I mean, you know, both of them have, you know, proven that they can come in and, and you know, they can spare somebody like Le'Veon Bell in, in different ways. I mean, obviously their running style is a lot different. But Yeah, watch uh, this run real quick, by the way. I, I didn't know this, this run happened, but you keep speaking as you watch this run. It's pretty ridiculous from Ty Montgomery. <laughs> Oh yeah, I mean, but I mean, this, these are some of the things he did when he was at Stanford, though. I mean, that's, yeah. you know, so I'm not really surprised by that. To tell you the truth, you know, that's you know, he's always had that ability. He just could never get on the field for whatever reason, you know, in Green Bay. Uh, to tell you the truth, until they really put him at running back because they, mm-hmm. you know, they had to. So he he's always had that ability. Like I said, he he did a lot of that when he was in college. So you know, he it's it's always been there. It's just a matter of knowing how to use him, uh, you know, knowing when to use him. But I think. You know, both of these guys, you know, will be good, you know, I guess kind of counters to what Le'Veon Bell is. Obviously, Le'Veon Bell gives you a little bit of both, mm-hmm. uh, you know, speed and power. Uh, Ty Montgomery probably gives you uh, – he's probably about the same, just on a lower level. You know, he, you know, he's probably like two or three in regards to that, uh, you know, that speed and power, you know, combination. But you're talking about another guy that's good out of the backfield now. So now you can put Le'Veon – you can spread Le'Veon out and put Ty Montgomery in the backfield or flip-flopping and put Ty Montgomery in the spot, put Le'Veon in the backfield. So there's just a lot of things you can do with it now. And and obviously we know Bilal Powell is, you know, more power back, things like that. But he's not a bad receiver either. So they, they have the weapons. You know, it's just a matter of, you know, Donald getting them the ball, uh, Gates, you know, putting them in, in position, uh, you know, to make plays and, and be able to carry this offense. 
Yeah, it's the, the, the backfield definitely, the, I think, the strength of, of this offense at this point. Uh, going to the receiver position, Anunua re-signed to a multi-year deal. Uh, uh, Jermaine, uh, Jermaine Crowder, uh, uh, Jamison Crowder, I'm just blank down on his name, um, signed. Josh Bellamy signed. So thoughts on the, uh, the receivers and what they're doing there? Uh, right now, I mean, they're average group. Mm-hmm. Right now, that's just kind of what it is right now. I mean, obviously, your X Factor is, is Quincy, uh, and, and we all know what he, you know what we know what he brings. You know, not just you know receiving, but you know as a blocker, you know, you know as a I guess you can call it the gadget guy. He can be that dude, um, the bubble screen guy. He can be that guy. So you know, we know what he brings. With everybody else, we got to see who steps up out of that group. You know, besides him, you know, James was got to step up, uh, and is Burial still there? You know the you know he and Bellamy I think that's I think they ran out before you know they're gonna have to be the ones that they kind of sub in so mm-hmm. um, but I think it's an average group to tell you the truth I mean it's probably a below average group at this point you know I mean you don't necessarily need big names to you know to have a good core um, you know but right now just from what I've seen you know they just kind of look you know it looks a little bit average and mm-hmm. they will you know maybe they're just depending on the backfield to carry them you know, most of the time, because like you said, that is the strength of the group. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely the strength of the offense. Um, I'm I'm okay with the Jets' three receivers. I don't have any true like number like number one. I don't love right. using that term, but I, I I worry about the depth. Um, really, it's if you have injuries with with Bellamy, they signed. You know, they got Barrios from the Patriots, and you only have five receivers as well, which is kind of odd. Um, I'm really expecting the Jets a lot, and especially in the first couple of weeks to go, and a lot of 20, 21, 22 personnel. I'm getting two running backs in, into the backfield. And then I think kind of like the saving grace with that is we talked about with the versatility that the running backs offer you. I think they're kind of our like quasi receivers in some sets will be split out, flexed out mm-hmm. versus, versus linebackers and things like that. So um, it's definitely going to help this offense. Um, looking at the, now the offensive line um, overall, uh, uh, bringing in KO, Coletrio Semele, uh, bringing in Ryan Khalil, who I, I watch his film. I, I still think he's an above average athlete and he brings a lot between the years. So I think he's going to be in like, I said, anywhere in like that, 10 to 15 type range of centers in the league as long as he can get his feet under him. Uh, and they brought in uh, Chumo Doga. They brought in good depth overall with Alex Lewis, Jonathan Harris, and now Tom Compton. So better depth, better starter yeah. at center, better left guard. Uh, what are your thoughts overall on, you know, uh, all those guys, but specifically Osemele, um, who is a – he's a savage, to be completely honest. And then Ryan Khalil yeah. with coming out of retirement to come play for the Jets and what he offers, you know, to Sam Darnold in this offense or anything like that. Look, I think – you know, based off of what we've seen the last few years, these two dudes are exactly what this offensive line needs, to tell you the truth. You know, you, you, know, you bring in a Ryan Khalil, a Pro Bowl guy, mm-hmm. definitely, you know, very intelligent, you know, understands, you know, and, and honestly, you know, he's going to be one up front, you know, making all the calls. You know, if that's how they're going to do it. So, mm-hmm. you know, he'll help Sam Darnold out, you know, to see things and, and help the old line out in regards to making calls and, and knowing who to pick up on blitzes and, and things like that. And, and yeah, you, you got somebody like Assembly, physical, nasty. You know that's you know we haven't seen that you know from a from a, a Jets old line in a while. You know, to tell you the truth. So no, no. these two dudes were like, um, you know, were you know I thought they were the perfect two guys to bring in and, and start for you. Um, and bringing in depth, you know, having you know Compton come in, uh, Harrison come in, you know, you know to kind of round out that group. You know, I, I really think it's a good group. To tell you the truth, it's definitely better than than what we've seen, you know, in the past. You know, to be quite honest with you, you know, just as a whole, collectively, you know, I think this is a really good group. And I mean, honestly, I, I mean, I think they'll be a lot more physical than than what we've seen in the past. Uh, I think Sam Darnold won't be running for his life every play now, like he's been doing in the past. You know, he's going to have some time, be able to go through his reads, you know, go through his progressions, 
and be able to make some plays down the field. So I'm excited to see what they do. If you were playing, if you were number 44 right here, what, what are you doing, Marcus, in the NFL? You have, you have K- KO pulling to you like that. Bro, you just I cut him. <laughs> cut him or t- <laughs> you're going to try to spill that run to the outside. I don't think you're going to try to squeeze it. <laughs> Cause, no, uh, I mean, but, that, I mean he, but he's trying to do his job. He just he, he don't have enough, doesn't have enough ass to do it. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good one. It's, um, well, uh, it's, it's, it's definitely an interesting group. He was a guy who he – I watched his film, and he had a, like the, his lowest grade last season of the last couple of years. It was very clear that after the first five, six weeks he had an injury. But you're talking about the aggressiveness, the guy who's going to hammer guys, uh, just absolutely destroy him. He's running out um, on, on a pull or a pin and fold or, you know, sweeps, whatever it may be for a guy in, in Lev Bell. Uh, just watch out. And then, like you said, with Khalil – just between the ears, what he's going to offer, you know, Donald with checks and picking up blitzes and things like that. Pre-snap is going to be huge for both him and the offensive line. And then uh, Winters is an interesting guy. I think he's an average guy. I think the, the weakness of this of this group is the tackles. Um, so the, the interior of the offensive line is going to be solid. I think they're going to run up. You're going to see a lot of tight zone, inside zone, which is what a, a lot of Pollock likes to do. The problem with the Jets and, and, and mid zones and those type of runs is, and I've said it before, if, if you're forcing a guy like, you know, shell or, or beach him to really control a guy and drive him um, to, to allow, you know, the running back to, to kind of delay his, his cut and to read a defense like you want to in a, in a zone scheme. You're not going to be afforded that opportunity because they get pushed right into the backfield. So you're almost taking the effectiveness away from the zone where you have to, you know, choose your cut really quickly into the run. So uh, right. outside zone, mid zone runs, I don't think are going to be the best for them. I think, you know, it's outside zone, let the tackle just kind of get in the way of a guy. Um, at that point. So um, other than that from the offense, uh, they brought in Westco as well, you know, you know tight end, blocking tight end. Uh, right. Just any, anything else you want to say about the offense? Any thoughts, um, any trades overall you'd like to see them kind of do with it, with the offense or the defense or anything like that? I mean, no, not right now. You just kind of got to see how it plays out. I mean, mm-hmm. the only group that I wish they would have done a little bit more with is probably the wide receiver group. Uh, if they had the opportunity to go get another, you know, get a tackle, you know, they could have yeah. Those are probably the only two things, to tell you the truth. Other than that, I think they're solid everywhere else. I mean, to be quite honest with you. So, yeah, you know, just seeing how they're going to, you know, how Gates is going to be able to use this, this unit, uh, you know, and so they're productive, you know, and not put them in situations where they're set up to fail, but, you know, all the plays that are called, you know, they play, you know, plays to their strength, you know, so they can all be productive and work together as a unit. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, I was I was clamoring for two guys in the actual well, three guys kind of uh, Inman. Uh, I wanted Michael Crabtree, and now I'm, I'm looking at a guy like Pierre Garcon, who's a you know veteran receiver, a good mm-hmm. possession guy who could be the number four there, and offered you know one one spells for the top three guys, and offered Donald Donald a solid route runner who's going to be in the right spot at the right time, um, yeah. and also with Crabtree too. I, I think they they're kind of missing that bigger receiver in the red zone. Uh, mm-hmm. Crowder's a shifty slot, you know, a slot receiver. Uh, Anderson, obviously, the over-the-top guy. And Quincy Nunez is kind of like a jack-of-all trades, but really good yak guy and blocker. But he's not really great at going up for for balls, even though he's you know a bigger type guy. He has inconsistent hands and things like that. But uh, overall, um, before we talk some like predictions and things like that, we'll get into the Bills game uh, after that. You know, a little bit of a quicker show. Um, what is your overall grade for the for the offseason from the Jets from overall with with you know everything uh, bringing guys in bringing in a, a really high highly touted guy like Joe Douglas? What what are your thoughts? You know, overall. I mean, honestly, right now, just uh, bringing in Joe Douglas. I mean, right now, I'd probably put him in like B minus, hmm. something like that. You know, I'll, I'll take mean, it. I'll allow it. I guess. Like B. <laughs> I mean, I would say like B minus B put. And here's the thing, just because. 
Joe Douglas comes in late. Um, you know, I can't. It's hard for me because at the end of the day, he's the one that who you you know who you're looking to the you know kind of grade the group or whatever it is. And you know, most of these guys aren't in his you know aren't guys that he brought in. Say you know, so I can't really you know just give you know a standard grade, but just looking at if you looking at it on paper right now, I would say B minus. You know, whatever whatever. Yeah, no, I, I get it. Um, okay, so some quick, like, lightning round stat predictions for you, Marcus. Uh, Bell, what do, what do you think his stat line is around? I know I don't love doing stats either, but people love stats, so I'm, I'm going to do it to you because I got I, every show I go on. Are you talking about for the game? Are you talking about no, 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 not for this game. Just overall, like, what do you think he'll be around this season? Every freaking show I go on, like, I went on a Panthers podcast to talk about Brian Burns, and they're asking me stat oh lines and stuff like that. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to unleash it on you uh, now. Yeah, I have to do some stats. I don't know. Stats. I don't keep up with that kind of stuff. Uh, <laughs> well, I back in my don't. day, we used to run the ball a lot more than these offenses nowadays. <laughs> well, yeah, I just – I don't really – I don't know. I don't keep – I don't know, to tell you the truth. Right. How many – Um, the last year in Pittsburgh, how many, how many pitches did he have? Like like oh. three fifty, I think, or three hundred. All right, I think he's gonna be. Yeah, I'll, I think touch, I think touch wise, he's probably gonna be. I mean, even though he says he can carry a rock fifty times a game, which he probably could, the way that the 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 game is played now. I mean, he'll probably still have around like two fifty, two seventy five. Yeah, this, the last, his last year in Pittsburgh, he had three hundred and twenty one rushes for a thousand, or basically th- uh, thirteen hundred yards. Um, mm-hmm. He had 85 receptions for 655 yards, so uh, right about at you know 2,000 yards with 85 catches and uh, 321 runs with with a total of 11 touchdowns. All right, I'm gonna go. Uh, he'll probably have about 600 yards. He's probably gonna have like 575 to 600 yards receiving, rushing. I think he's gonna have. It's gonna be in the range of like 1,100. That's the change. All right, my fantasy team will, will – which, by the way, fantasy teams, I know you're into fantasy too. Every single year I'm like, you know what, I'm going to cut it from three to two. I ended up in five. I don't know how wow. I did it. Because people start talking about this whole dynasty it. football, the whole dynasty thing, and I, it's really interesting. So it is what it is. But there's going to be so many games where I'm like, I'm rooting for a guy. Okay, well, you know, Aaron Rodgers can get 20 points this game, but then not 25 because then I'll get beat. I just, it's just – it's too much. I'm, I'm, already in, I'm already in the shitter with that. I'm, I'm screwed. Uh <laughs> And with with just touchdowns to uh, touchdowns to interceptions, what do, you, what do you expect Donald to be around around this year? Last year he was, uh, I think it was like twelve to fourteen. I forget exactly what it was. Obviously, we saw the big uh, surge from him at the end of the season, where he was the highest rated quarterback in the NFL. Uh, this preseason, he's looked really good, minus a few plays here and there. Um, but what are you expecting from from Donald overall? Uh, I guess if you take away, you say he was like twelve to fourteen. I'm not a big stats guy either. No, I'm just saying, yeah, somewhere in there. Um, I mean, honestly, I think this year. Oh, sorry. No, I'm wrong. He was was 17 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. Yeah, but I still think that number's going to go down in the INT column. He'll be in single digits. He'll probably be like five, in between like five and seven. Oh really? You so you you have high, some high expectations. I'm I'm assuming you've kept up with the Jets and you've seen some of the things that people are saying about him, and you saw what yeah. he did at the end of the season. So I'm, I'm assuming you have some pretty high expectations for the for the young quarterback. Yeah, I, yeah. Just watching him, you know, like you said, just watching him, you know, particularly towards the end of the season, mm-hmm. and, and you know, the little bit I've seen in preseason, I think he's starting to get it. You know what I'm saying? Like the light bulb's coming on. So yeah. I think those numbers go down. To you the truth, I, I think he's. Like I said, I, and I want to say seven on the high end. You know, it's probably you know the, the INT number. So I guess that adds with like six or seven more touchdowns. You know, per se. Yeah. You know, Especially, number, and, so. and you got to figure that stat line too. It came without him playing three, four games, and he didn't have nearly the weapons or nearly the offense he did. Honestly, 
I wouldn't be surprised if he and, – and this is a little bit of a homer thing, but if Ryan Fitzpatrick can get 31 touchdowns in 2015, is there any reason Donald can't get 32? Um, I think it's possible, but I'm going to say I'm going to say like mid 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 twenties uh, touchdowns. I would say uh, I just put a hundred on Sam Donald having twenty two and a half uh, or twenty two and a half as a number of touchdowns. So at least he, as long as he gets twenty three, I'm fine with that. Um, yeah. <laughs> four four more quick ones. Uh, sack leader. Who do you, who do you think that is on the Jets? Ooh, sack leader. Um, I'm gonna say, and this is totally gonna blow your mind. I'm going to say it's um, Henry Anderson. Really? All right. Hey, no, he, <laughs> he, had, he had seven last year, so it's not like it, I know. it's not too crazy. Yeah, I'm going to say it's Henry Anderson. I respect it. Uh, three more. Uh, leading wide receiver. Um, I know you said you're not as high as on the receiver core as some other Jets fans are, um, but who do you think's the – and it's kind of hard, like touchdowns, receptions, all the things like that, but who do you think's like the lead wide receiver in terms of, let's just say, fantasy production then? Oh, uh, probably if we're talking about fantasy, uh, I'd say probably Quincy still. Just because yeah, he, yeah. he and Sam have that trust factor. He hasn't developed that quite yet with Jameson because he just got there. Mm-hmm. Now, I think eventually Jameson could, you know, could potentially overtake him because uh, he can do a little bit more downfield. I think he's a better, you know, I think he's a better route runner as well. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, yeah. As well. So, so uh, I think he could, you know, at some point, you know, if they if he and Donald start clicking, then he could become the guy. But yeah, right last now, uh, last one. What what do you think, uh, Tremaine Johnson? You think as a bounce back year? Obviously, the Jets. You know, uh, not this last offseason, but the past, you know, two off seasons ago, they signed him to a massive contract. Uh, last year, he struggled. Obviously, he's reuniting with with Denard Wilson, uh, some of you're familiar with, uh, and, mm-hmm. and Greg Williams, where he had you know career years with with the Rams. And there's some more. A lot of people just think that this defense is a lot of just man on man because they blitz, which isn't necessarily true. It's actually a lot of zone cover, cover two uh, or Tampa two, cover three behind it, uh, with right. a lot of traps and cones and brackets and things like that. So there's a little bit more thinking in this defense than in Bulls de- uh, defense, in my opinion, for the corners. So. Do you think that Tremaine Johnson has a has a bounce back year under his old coaching staff? Yeah, I think so because it, and here's the other thing about about the importance of you know of coaches. You know, some coaches have the ability to understand like how to tap into a player's potential and how to get them to play, you know, play up to their ability. So uh, being reunited with you know this coaching staff, where you know who he's had success with, so he's already familiar with the system. He already understands how they work, uh, which I think. Uh, you know, will allow him to come out and play a lot more free. You know, he'll, he can be more free, you know, when he's playing. So I think he has a bounce back here. I don't know if it'll be uh, similar to the production he had before, but I definitely think he has a bounce back here from what he had last year. How much does he yeah, weigh I, right now, anyway? What do you say? How much does he weigh? Uh, he's probably, what, two – I think it's like 215, 210. Okay. So he's he's a bigger bad. corner, but I think if you're going to yeah. ask him to 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 play that you know that cloud corner that uh, curl the flat corner and and you know and cover two looks and and read you know trap type defenses and read two to one and things like that, I think he's he's better in that aspect. I think he's a smart player. I don't think he's a guy like Patrick Peterson who has elite athleticism. You know, so yeah, it'll be interesting if he if he's if he's below and I just looked it up. It said two thirteen. If he's in that okay. range, like if he truly is in that range, then he's going to be good. Yeah, like he's yeah. Gonna be all right. We're hoping. Um, any any final thoughts before we get into the uh, the the bills? Uh, the bills. Uh, actually, no. Actually, we'll, we're we're gonna do this really quick. Record prediction, and we're not gonna do schedule because we're gonna uh, we're gonna obviously go to the schedule. If you had to predict, uh, uh, I think the win the over under right now in Vegas like seven and a half. 
What do you think the Jets' final record is? I'm, I'm at like seven. As long as it's seven. Five, I have 500 on that. So as long I'm, as it's seven. I'm, I'm, I'm going to – I'll say like seven. I mean, I they'll, they'll steal two from Buffalo for sure. They'll probably get one from uh, – what are they in? If oh, they better. Well, they better steal. beat the the Dolphins. Are terrible this year. They'll, they yeah. They're gonna steal one from from the Dolphins. They'll steal one from the Colts. So what is that? That's two. That's four right there. So all you gotta do is you know you know try to get three more. So well, I'll say seven. Yeah, it fall. Um, and I don't want you to. I don't know if you've. So they have. I think they have like the third easiest schedule in the NFL. And I'm not going to take you game by game. I just want to read you the schedule and then see if you have a different reaction. So they have the, the, the first couple of weeks is brutal. Um, the bills, the Browns, the, the Patriots, the Eagles, the Cowboys, which honestly, if they make it out of those first six games, two and four, I'm fine with that to be completely honest. Um, yeah. I think they can, I don't think they're going to beat the Eagles. I don't think they're going to beat the, the, the Patriots. I think they will beat the bills week one. I think they could beat the Browns, but I'm still going to pick the Browns to win. I think the Cowboys at home is a game they could take because the Cowboys are built, you know, in the middle, tough in the middle. That's where the Jets are. That's where their strength is. So I think they can win that game. Um, but then you go to the rest of the schedule. Uh, they have the, the Patriots at, at home, which is one of the first six games, which I, I think they could lose that as well. I, I also think they can win it, to be completely honest. But then after that, you have the Jags, the Dolphins, the Giants, the Redskins, the Raiders, the Bengals, the Dolphins again, which is a really easy stretch. And then to end of the season, you have Baltimore Steelers, Bills. So that, that middle stretch of the season, like I said, with, with the Dolphins twice, with the Bengals, with the Raiders, with the Redskins, the Giants, is a pretty pretty easy stretch for the Jets right there. Yeah, I don't know how easy that's gonna be though. Really? I don't know how easy I don't know how easy how easy the Bengals are gonna be. Uh Giants, yeah, Redskins. I don't know. I mean, that's Alabama part two. I don't know. <laughs> like I don't know. That might not be easy either. Tell you. I mean, yeah. I'm just you know, to be honest with you. Um yeah, yeah, you're just, with, you're just with, a salty Texans fan because you have you have you have uh, Bill O'Brien over there running crazy shop. I don't know what the hell he's doing. If he can put, I don't know. I don't know what the hell he's doing over there. Why Nobody would you? Does. If you're if you're going and just quickly, if you're going to try to compete for a playoff spot, you know potentially Super Bowl with the roster you have, why are you going to trade for two backup linebackers when you when you if you let Clowney walk, he's just going to be a third round comp pick for the most part anyway. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't really, I don't, I don't get it. Uh, the the Seahawks had them by the balls and they let it happen. But uh, I know you're you're a busy man, so let's get into the Bills game and, and then some of our pickums. Um, going through their roster, uh, thoughts on on Josh Allen. Uh, I, I think personally for me, just you know, quickly, he's a quarterback who panics under pressure. Uh, I think if you contain him, and then the Jets are going to throw a ton of stunts and and different looks at a quarterback in Josh Allen. Uh, I don't think this is a, a very good game for him to start off, especially. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a same defensive coordinator as a couple uh, the last couple of years, but it's new personnel, so it's gonna be hard for the Bills to read exactly what they're going to do. Uh, you saw in Week One of last year, Ben Roethlisberger really struggled against this this uh, the, the Browns defense, but the same defensive coordinator. Um, so I, I think this is a game that Josh Allen you know could struggle. Um, obviously, he has you know if you contain him, you don't want to get him out of the pocket. And he has a massive arm. So, like I said, contain rush him. But uh, I don't think this is the best game for him because Greg Williams' defense, if anything, you know, there might be some veteran quarterbacks who can pick it apart because of the aggressiveness of it. And if they know how to read their keys, they can – a bunch of quick hitters. But for a quarterback who doesn't know how to read defenses yet and who's mistake-prone, uh, I think the Jets match up well against this quarterback. No, I mean, I think they do. And you're right. I mean, last year – even though he, you know, he does show a little bit of panic, but I think once he was starting to get comfortable, he was kind of, he was letting his athleticism take over, which is, you know, why you saw a lot of the, the big runs that he had last year. Uh, I mean, and 
you just got to see how, how Buffalo's going to play it out. I guess one good thing for the Jets is Andre Roberts, you know, isn't playing. So, um, yeah. you know, that, you know, that's a huge, uh, you know, advantage for them. Uh, they'll be going back and forth between, you know, Gore, Singletary, and Yeldon. Uh, you got to worry about John Brown, though, on the outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you know, downfield because it's a deep threat. Um, Cole Beasley's still not bad, you know, as a slot guy. If he can, you know, if Josh Allen can get in the ball. Um, you know, and their offensive line is, you know, I would say, I mean, they're they're probably average, a little above average, you know, as a group. Yeah. To uh, tell you the truth. So, you know, defensively, I think it'll be a good matchup for, you know, for the Jets, to tell you the truth, you know, particularly because of, of you know, what we have up front. Uh, you know, I you know, I think, you, should, you know, Greg Williams should be able to take advantage of, you know, Buffalo's offense. So, yeah, I'm actually, you know, it, you know, I think, you know, Buffalo, they're not going to come out swinging the ball. They're going to try to run the ball, you know, and grind it out, you know, make it a low scoring game. You know, that's kind of how Sean McDermott is, you know, being a defensive coach. You know, he's, you know, more old school in that mentality. Or he wants to play, you know, ball control offense, you know, let his defense get some stops, you know, keep the game kind of close and and let you make the mistake. So that's, you know, I think that's the kind of game it'll be. Yeah, the off. I think the offensive line's like kind of it's it's average, but at this point they've said that the, it hasn't got it doesn't have a lot of continuity because uh, Mitch Morse, their big center, has had had another concussion, which is like four or five, and if he gets another one, he might be done for a while. Um, so he hasn't played. You have Deion Dawkins, who's solid. Quentin Spain, I think, who is average, maybe. Uh, Morse, who's good, but he hasn't played all off season. Uh, and apparently they're going to rotate like their right guard, right tackle with like a couple different backups, which is odd. But you have like John Feliciano, whatever his name is, Cody Ford, who's a who's a rookie. So I, I think Cody Ford's a good player, but I would still like to attack a, a second round rookie um, right. with you know guys like Quentin Williams and you know Henry Anderson, Leonard Williams. So I think they could take advantage of the offensive line a little bit. I'm not saying it's a weakness for them, but I, I, it's 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 the Jets front seven, which is really really good at this point. So I th- I think they could uh, they could take advantage of that. The receivers, I'm not necessarily worried about them, um, right. you know, in terms of, like, the short stuff, but you have to watch this group deep. Uh, Rob Fra- uh, Robert Foster is a guy who can beat you deep. Um, yeah. John Brown is a really big deep threat. I'm not concerned, really, to be completely honest about Zay Jones. Cole Beasley, I think, is okay, but he's nothing you're, you're going to, you know, lose sleep over. So, the receiving group's okay, you know, is okay. I think the offensive line's okay. I think the quarterback's okay. Uh, they have Lee Smith as their starting uh, tight end. Uh, Tyler Croft is, is – is doubtful, so he's most likely not going to play. Uh, and the running back group, listen, I, I like Frank Gore, but he, does he scare me at this point? No. Devin Singletary is a rookie. And then you have TJ Yeldon. I, I think their offense is filled with a bunch of average-type players, to be completely honest. So mm-hmm. the offense doesn't scare me. And I, I, like I said, I, I think Greg Williams will be able to, um, you know, not necessarily shut them down. I, I think they'll be able to contain them. As long as you watch those big plays, you know, you know play a little bit safe and, and make a quarterback in Josh Allen who's going to feel some pressure dink and dunk you down the field and, and, you know, split some zones, which he's not a really accurate quarterback. So mistake-prone, not accurate quarterback who had the lowest completion percentage in the NFL last year, I think is going to struggle against this defense. Um, but going into the, into the defense, the number two ranked defense last year, uh, you got Trent Murphy, you know, Jerry Hughes, Shaq Lawson as the DNs. You got Ed Oliver, Star Lutelele, uh, Jordan Phillips as the defensive tackles. You got Matt Milano, Lorenzo Alexander, Tremaine Edmonds. Uh, they're outside cornerbacks. Uh, one, Trey White, I think, is a top 10 corner. I think he's severely underrated throughout the league. He's very, very good. Levi Wallace, uh, Kevin Johnson as the outside guys. You have Taron Johnson in the slot. Uh, the safeties are very, very good as well, Jordan Porter and, and Micah Hyde. So uh, what are your thoughts overall on, on that defense? Is there any weaknesses you see that the Jets can you know, uh, potentially exploit on that defense? 
I don't know. I mean, you talk about the number two, three top ranked defense in the league, and all they did was get better. You know, yeah. to talk, you know, tell you the truth. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't. There's not a whole lot of weakness there. So, I mean, offensively, they just got to be real careful and, and pick their spots. You know, what I'm saying with, you know, with what they do because they're, you know, not just on paper. You know, they have playmakers on, you know, playmakers on this side of the ball. Uh, you know, they got have guys that can play the run. They have guys that can work the pass. They have guys that can cover. Yeah. They tackle good as a unit. So they overall, this is a good unit. Uh, so it's going to be tough on them, to tell you the truth. You know, there's going to have to be, uh, you know, you're probably going to see, you know, a lot of play action, uh, keeping it tight in the block, you know, things like that. I mean, just because you have to, uh, you know, with this group, to tell you the truth. So it's going to be tough. You know, it's going to be harder to get some scores. You got to find different ways, like I said, not necessarily trick plays, but uh, with some different concepts. Uh, uh, using the tight end a little bit more, uh, using play action, particularly since you have Le'Veon Bell back there now. You know, hopefully, you know everybody's you know keyed in on him. That'll allow some of the wideouts and other guys to get free. So it's going to have to be. It's definitely going to be a chess match. You know how how to attack this defense and and who you know is truly the you know I guess the weak link. You know the weak link that you can go after. Yeah, I, th- I and for one of the keys to the game for me is, you know, you have to get that run game going, especially with the secondary, which is, you know, the front seven's strong for them, but the secondary is definitely the strength in terms of, like, you know, having White and Poyer and, and, and Micah Hyde. Um, so I think this is a game where you don't want Sam Darnold throwing in long-distance situations. You want him throwing, you know, second and sixes and third and threes, um, you know, those quick hitters to get those, uh, you know, those first downs, but so some of the keys, like I said, get get the run game going. Obviously, limit ter- uh, turnovers. That's that's obvious. You know, turnover is the biggest stat in terms of uh, predictive to who's going to be winning that game or who won that game. Penalties, uh, pressure Allen. Don't let him get out of the pocket uh, to make big plays. His armor, his legs, uh, make him a pocket passer, which I don't think he could do very well. Watch the right. deep ball, uh, force a turnover <clears throat> three, <laughs> capitalize <laughs> on the red zone, greed zone. Uh, start hot. Uh, this is another defense you don't want to get behind on this defense early because then you're screwed if they can blitz mm-hmm. and just play and just play man coverage or even zone coverage. You know, uh, zone blitzes type things or creeper defenses. Uh, you know, against this against this Jets offense. Um, I think one of the areas that they can attack. I, th- I think they can attack with a Taron Johnson, uh, the slot corner with with Jameson Crowdell. He's the strongest slot corner, so I think they might attack that a little bit. Um, and then my last key is uh, isolate Ty and Bell. A lot of 2021 20, personnel. Um, yeah. Split those guys out because, listen, I, I like Tremaine Edmonds. I, you know, I like Milano. I like those guys. I like Lorenzo Alexander. But do I think those guys can match up on a former wide receiver and Le'Veon Bell who I think is probably, if not the best, one of the top three best route runners in the league in terms of the running backs, uh, which equates him to like a solid wide receiver. Uh, can, can linebackers cover him? I don't, I don't think so. I think that also helps Sam ID the defense. So. What are your thoughts about some of those um, keys to the game, and what are some of the other ones that you have? I mean, really, those are the main keys, to tell you the truth. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's not a whole lot to, to add to that. You know, offensively, you can't get behind, you know, against this defense. And for, you know, the Jets defense, you know, make sure, you know, they're causing havoc with, you know, causing havoc with Josh Allen, um, you know, forcing them to throw some turnovers or uh, forcing them to pull the ball down and trying to run, you know, getting, you know, keeping them out of rhythm. And making sure that they're good on the back end, you know, there's really not a whole, a whole lot to add to it. This is a simple game, to tell you the truth. I mean, it really is. There's, there's nothing really complex about this game. Two, you know, you know, both defenses are probably better. Uh, I give the Jets a nod offensively in regards to you know playmakers and and things that they can do. Uh, but again, if you know if if the Jets get behind, you know, offensively and and you know don't stay on 
you know, stay on task, you know, this could be a long day for them. Yeah. And now uh, looking at some of the uh, injuries, um, the Jets don't have any injuries, actually. It's just it's just Herndon and Copeland are both suspended for the first four games. Those are, you know, relatively big losses, starting tight ends, uh, starting outside linebacker. Uh, mm-hmm. The Bills, like I said, they're starting tight end. Croft is is uh, he was he didn't practice. He broke his foot early in the offseason. So he's not going to play. Uh, not having their starting tight end, obviously, is, is a big loss to them as well. It's not as big as Chris Herndon. Uh, Andre Roberts, uh, who wants some revenge against the Jets, is uh, not playing, which is good. Um, so, uh, score prediction. Our first score prediction of the season. Um, I'm going to go 23-17 to 17 Jets. Um, I think the Bills will put up 17 points just because of a, a big player too. Josh Allen's legs, it's hard to contain him. And I think they will hit one or two deep balls um, because of some of the, you know, like guy like John Brown uh, or, 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 you know, Foster who might get deep on them. So I'm still going to pick the Jets 23 to, to 17. Yeah, I'm going to go Jets 24 uh, 17. Okay. I, hey, I like it. I like I like the Jets wins. And listen, um, there's no such thing as a, mu- a must win in week one, but this is a must win in week one. <laughs> so, listen, you got the Browns coming, you got the Patriots coming, you got the Eagles, you got the Cowboys. You you got to beat the Bills. <clears throat> you got to um, get ahead, right? Um, so, and and just quick question, just because I, you know, obviously I was I played I played football. I, I was involved in opening days and things like that. But uh, what what do you what do you think these guys are feeling? Uh, opening day right now, new coaching staff, guys like Le'Veon Bell, C.J. Mosley, different team. So, um, overall, what, what are you feeling right now if you're a player about to play on Sunday? You know, what is your Friday like? Your hands starting to get clammy thinking about it. You know, how is that weekend and how is that day? Uh, I mean, you're excited, to tell you the truth. Especially new coaching staff. Uh, and let's just say if I'm Sam Donald, I'm excited because I've got a new coach, um, you know, quarterback-friendly offense. Uh, you know, I've got, you know, Lady and Bill right behind me. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. You know, so, you know, at, yeah. So, KO in front weapons. of you, Khalil helping you out. Right, yeah. So, I mean, I mean, you're definitely excited, you know, especially if you're Sam Dorn or somebody like that. And then, you know, defensively, uh, just the way that Greg Williams is, like, you, you know, I know those players have got to be excited as well. You know, they're ready to, to be able to run the calls that they've been working on in training camp, not just run base vanilla like they've been doing in, in preseason. You know, being at, you know, being able to blitz, uh, you know, run some of the stuff, run a lot of the game, mixing coverages, things like that. So, I mean, if if I'm them, I'm excited because now we can open up the playbook and just have at it. And, and, and you know, and now you're playing somebody where you know it really means something. So you can, you know, you can get, you know, be excited for that and and, and get ready to roll it. Not just okay, it's another preseason game and you know yeah. the the, re, the tooling and everything or priming up or whatever you want to call it is over. So now this is. The real deal, so. Yeah, I, I honestly, I, I can't imagine running out of a tunnel with like 90,000 people there and screaming and chanting your name and Jets chants and freaking warm, you're warming up and they're all screaming at you and autograph. I can't imagine how, how, how crazy that must be. Um, yeah. I would go to a high school game with a thousand people. I'd be nervous. I can't imagine 80, 90,000 people and being <laughs> broadcast on national TV. So um, I would probably throw up to be completely honest. So I remember I always got butterflies, but uh with that, two quick ones before the pickums. Uh, what's your, what is your best opening day memory, and what is your worst opening day memory? Uh, well, I'll say I've never had a a worst opening day memory. To tell you the truth, opening day, I've I've always looked forward to opening day. Yeah. Um, I think the best opening day never memory, like suited up, put your cleats on, and you had to take a dump, and you had to take all your shit off, and then <laughs> nothing like no, that. <laughs> no, I always make sure I took care of that like in advance. Yeah, I never had to do that. Um, 
I mean, he did. You got to plan that kind of stuff. I'm yeah, well, you're a professional athlete, and I was a high school kid <laughs> Taco Bell, so it's a little bit different. <laughs> you got to plan that kind of stuff. Um, I think the best opening day memory was, um, to be quite honest with you, was was kind of like the year after you know everything happened. You know, with nine eleven, you know, just kind of like oh, that that. Opening, opening, opening week that year was like, I don't know, there was just so much emotion. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, on top of it, because you're already excited. And then you add that, you know, onto what you're already feeling already. That national I anthem, I can't imagine it. It was, yeah, I think, I think, I want to say, if I'm recalling correctly, everybody cried. I, like, I literally it. everybody. Like, it was, yeah. like, it was. Stupid, yeah. I mean, it was it was ridiculous how how much you can like feel, and not just for us. I'm talking about for you know for everybody in the yeah. building, you know, from right. the other team to the fans. Like it was, I mean, it, but it was amazing though that, um, you know, just how everybody you could feel everybody's energy kind of coming together. You know, even though you're playing an opponent, but you still felt like y'all were you know y'all were together. Y'all were still brothers. You know, so I think that was probably the best one. You know, that's probably the best one that you know that anybody can ever have it, you know, you know, at least in my opinion that I can think yeah. of, you know, I don't know if there's anything they can really top that. Yeah. I think, I think two that come to mind while you were speaking um, for me, like being there was the, the September 11th, 10 year anniversary Cowboys game, uh, block punt and all that stuff just for a touchdown Revis pick against Des Bryant. And then the, uh, the Patriots 09 game, the uh, Rex's home opener, that stadium was mm-hmm. literally vibrating. It was ridiculous. Uh, yeah. I, I love giant stadium. I don't like MetLife as much, but uh Going into the uh, the Pickums, the first Pickum, you beat me by one effing game last year, so I, I gotta I gotta I gotta try to win this year. Um, and last night, I don't think I watched that game, but damn, Mitch Trubisky, a lot of people picking him like the Bears for the Super Bowl. He looked awful. Yeah, I went back and watched it. Yeah, I did go back and watch it because we were playing while they were playing, but I went and, and watched it this morning, and I was like, wow, this looks terrible. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Packers are good defense, but they're not that good of a defense. They're not that good. Yeah, I mean, and they struggle too now. To tell you the yeah. truth, yeah, I mean, both teams. I mean, I know it was the first week, but and obviously the Bears defense was well, really Ford good. Didn't look good too good either as an offensive coordinator. To be completely honest with Rodgers. Yeah, so yeah, they they didn't. Neither one of those teams offensively looked looked that good last night. Yeah. So um, all right, so we both have the we both have the Jets winning. Um, going into the other games, I basically I picked I try to pick at least four or five games. If there's like seven good games, I'll pick them. The week one, there hasn't been a, a lot, there's not a lot of great games to be completely honest. Um, but first game we're going to pick uh, Sunday at one o'clock: Falcons at Vikings. Vikings. I'm taking the Vikings as well because I have some money right on them. As you can tell, I'm a de- 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 degenerate gambler. <laughs> so uh, my issue is like I'll be sitting there like on the toilet and I'm like sitting on you know looking at my phone I'm like. Yeah, you know what? Vikings are gonna win that one, so I'll throw a parlay in there. Um, I always, I always set my limit though. Don't, don't think I'm too bad. Um, next game, uh, Sunday, I won. Uh, Rams at Panthers. Ooh, Rams at Panthers. Um, Jared Goff has been a really bad road quarterback throughout this this point in his career, and the and the, the Panthers have a really good front seven. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm trying to. Yeah, I know. Um, Problem though is I'm taking the Rams. Don't know how Cam Newton's gonna be though. That's the issue. I I, I took the Rams for that same reason. Um, yeah. This year I'm not gonna go. If I if I have the same thought as you, I'm going the same pick because last year I tried to do that and it might have screwed me. Yes, I might be making <laughs> my own excuses. So I'm taking whatever the hell I think. Maybe we'll alternate. Uh, actually, no, we'll do winner goes first. We'll we'll, we'll continue that trend. Um, 
uh, Sunday night game, Steelers at Pats. I think we're – I know we're both gone, but it's still going to be a, a fun game. Yeah, it'd be a fun game, but I'm taking the Patriots. Yeah, I think that's it's it's smart. Uh, the one good thing about the Jets' schedule is honestly, the Jets catch the Patriots within the twice within the first seven weeks. That's when the Patriots struggle the most in the beginning of the season. And the Jets at home, I think they can steal one from the Patriots this year. They uh, they have been very close to the Patriots the last couple of years at home, and they have a lot more talent this year. I think I think they could beat them at home. We'll, we'll see though. Um, yeah. Next next game, uh, your your team, uh, the the Texans My at team? the Saints. I just I always call them your team. I don't know. I, I know you're like a Texan. No, I, I mean, anytime the Saints are playing at home, you always take the Saints. It doesn't matter what's going on. I got the Saints. You, you just take the Saints. <laughs> yeah, we got the same pick there. I'm not I'm not picking against the Saints, especially in a you know at home or in a dome. You're rarely going to see me pick against the Saints in a dome. Right. Um, and the Texans right now. Listen, I I I don't. I don't necessarily get Miami trading Tunsil. I get that they, you know, they got a lot of picks, but uh, to te- the Texans got a great deal there. But that's a, one of the best left tackles in the league, and you're hoping to develop, a, you know, ho- probably a new starting quarterback next year, and, and you're trading away a left tackle. Now you went from, like, one of the worst offensive lines in the league, if not the worst, to just absolutely terrible. So that whole right. situation is really weird. Um, next game, the final game, uh, Monday at 10, Broncos at the Raiders, which are a complete circus at this point. Yeah, and that's why I'm taking the Broncos. Okay. Uh, nobody, nobody knows what's going on in with the Raiders right now. The Raiders don't even know what's going on with the Raiders right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. They, they've got so much going on. But here's the thing, though. The weird thing about that is, is even with all that going on, a lot of times, like, teams come out and play well after that, though. Hey, to be honest with you. Uh, but you have to take the Broncos. Yeah, I'm saying we're we're going all the same picks this week. Um, <laughs> it just uh, dude, Antonio Brown has been such a big distraction. It's so funny that like he's been such an asshole to be completely honest the entire offseason. As soon as he's like, oh yeah, I like the Raiders, or he gives him like a little smile, like John Gruden comes running over like a little kid. And now he's playing Week One. Yesterday mm-hmm. they wanted to cut him to get rid of the or suspend him to get rid of the thirty million dollars guaranteed or whatever he has in his deal, which I think would be the smart thing. Especially when you're trying to build a new culture with a young team. You're having Antonio Brown run shop in the locker room and do whatever the hell he wants and get away with it. Uh, the whole helmet thing, him not showing up to practice, you know, posting his 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 fine online and saying that you're gonna have to pay for it or whatever. Like this is like, I he is out of his mind. Yeah, um, he is. Yeah, he's gone. I mean, he's. I don't know. He's just. He, he's. I don't know who who talks to him or who he deals with. I don't think anybody can talk to him. I mean, you just don't need that much. You just don't need that much attention. Like you just truly don't. I mean, he's a good player. And really, he works really hard. Like, he's one of the oh, ridiculously hardest working hard. dudes. Yeah, yeah, but it's all been overlooked because he's been the jackass off the field mm-hmm. you know, and doing everything else. So, uh, I mean, and, and I don't know. And honestly, the way that, that, especially when you're talking about Gruden or you're talking about, like, you know, talking about Mayock, they're like old school. Like, they don't care. They're like, okay, yeah, you're good, but we don't need you. You're going to bring all that in. You know, yeah. so, you know, that's, you know, and, and I think, uh, and I don't know how that information about them possibly suspending them or cutting them got leaked out necessarily, and it probably shouldn't have. Um, you know, you know, because I know they're still trying to figure out how to deal with it. But he needs to just like settle down and just play ball. You know? I don't know if you heard. He almost punched Mike Mayock on the face the other day. The, the GM had to get held back, held back by teammates. So uh, I don't know. I that was Mike, yesterday. I think, I think Mayock would have gave him a little bit. Yeah. Hey. Um, I'm, I'm just telling you that dude. Yeah. Don't. I think he probably he may have given it to AB. Yeah, the uh, the the funny thing about it is like he's just he 
the, the reception of rock and hard place because they gave him so much money. He's such a good player, but he's such a he's like you said, he's a jackass at this point. So they're they're, they're put in a hard position. But um, all right. So they said you have things to do. You 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 coach a thousand teams and do a thousand different things. So we'll get you back to to coaching your team. Um, any uh any final words or anything like that? I know obviously we're gonna see you. Uh, we'll figure out a show. It's gonna be Wednesday or Thursday. It depends on when the film comes out. To be completely honest, but uh, hoping to have you back for you know sixteen, seventeen weeks of the uh, of the season. So. Yeah, no, nah, man, I'm excited, man. Another NFL season. Uh, actually, even though it was a low-scoring game, it got off to a good start, to tell you the truth. I uh, like defense, I'm, but I just don't like yeah. bad offense. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, the offenses were bad. But, I mean, you know, they. I mean, they. I guess they meant well. You start off with Bears and, you know, with Bears and Packers. Yeah. You know, you know to kind of kick it off. So, so uh, you know, I'm sure I'm excited to see, you know, I'm honestly excited to see how some – some of these newer teams, not newer teams, but some of the teams that have upgraded, you know, like the Browns or, you know, even like the Titans. Uh, you want to see if the Jaguars are going to rebound. You want to see how the Colts are going to do. If San Diego, excuse me, if the, all the Los Angeles Chargers are going to, you know, continue the, the progress that they've been making. So, you know, just seeing, you know, I'm interested to see how teams like that are going to, that aren't the usual suspects, how, how they're going to, you know, how they're going to gonna fare this, this year. You know, I'm looking forward to seeing that. Or maybe even our uh, our New York Jets. Maybe they make a, yeah, a shocking. Jets, uh, yeah. we'll, I think because we'll the, the last like ten, fifteen years, twenty years, every time the Jets get a new coach, they they make the playoffs. Uh, last the last time they hired Bowles with a much worse roster, I think in two thousand fifteen they went ten and six with a bad schedule. Uh, I mm-hmm. think that the Jets' actual absolute ceiling would be ten and six. I, I think it's more realistically around eight and eight, nine and seven in my in my estimation. Um, but it can you never know. So hopefully the Jets have a good season uh, and it starts off Sunday. Everybody enjoy. Uh, I will be in the parking lot enjoying myself. Maybe we can get Marcus down there. Maybe if they have like a home, play- <laughs> if the Jets have a home playoff game, I'm requiring you to fly out. You know, the the airplane tickets are on you. I'll buy the game tickets and I'll, I'll cook your food for you. But, uh, <laughs> All right, you can afford the game, plane tickets more than I can at this point. So uh, uh, we'll talk to everybody um, probably Wednesday or Thursday. I appreciate you listening. Like I said, drop those uh, five stars, leave reviews. Uh, we appreciate everybody, and we'll see you soon.